Do you remember rule number eight that Rosenthal gives us in her book? There is no such thing as a fixed price for a procedure or test, and the uninsured pay the highest prices of all. I can personally attest to this since I work for a health clinic. At the hospital, patients may get charged anywhere between $12 to $20 for a single Advil, which at that price, you can get a whole bottle or two at the store. Or hospitals charge patients a couple hundred dollars for a metabolic panel. It's a simple blood test, which we can do here at the clinic for a couple dollars. An American sickness mentions a $94 bill for an ice pack given to a patient during physical therapy. Of course, no one would have accepted any of these charges had they known the cost initially and weren't in a vulnerable position. And the list goes on and on and on. Nowadays, there's no such thing as a single bill. Every individual item has been split up and the prices have been jacked up. Rosenthal puts it best when she says, it was as if the baggage fees cost more than the plane ticket from New York to Paris. Join us as we take a deeper look at some very random and unclear charges from all sorts of healthcare directions. So who exactly is responsible for these bills? Sometimes it's not clear, but other times it is. The book points out Dr. Awad, for example, who practiced as a neurologist in Michigan. He was originally thought to have had a keen eye for the identification of child epilepsy and seizures by utilizing a machine called electroencephalogram. This machine required a few days' worth of testing and cost patients thousands of dollars. Rosenthal says Dr. Awad's salary was about $600,000 a year as he became the latest and greatest in his field. At least until enough suspicion arose about all the evaluations and electroencephalograms he was ordering on his patients, especially when it turned out that those patients were not having any unnoticed seizures that the electroencephalogram was meant to detect. It's no wonder Dr. Awad was making so much money, but at the expense of worried and broke parents and children. It looks like after enough complaining and lawsuits, he returned to Saudi Arabia. Have you heard of ProMed? It's a computer program you can use to store medical records and order screenings for patients, amidst a thousand other things. One of those thousand other things, though, is the fact that ProMed can order diagnostics for patients based on the patient's record without doctor input. All you need is an initial survey of the issues going on in your body, and the computer can generate diagnostics for you. This has really come in handy for hospitals that are overloaded. It can also be good for business in general. You could imagine if this program wasn't accurate or ordered unnecessary diagnostics on a patient. What would it matter? The more diagnostics ordered on a patient, the more money a hospital makes. But with or without a program like ProMed, some healthcare facilities operate in a similar fashion still. As the book states, 
one receptionist informed Rosenthal with this phrase, No test, no appointment. Yep, you heard it right. In some places, you can't even get an appointment until you've had diagnostics run. Of course, we're not anti-diagnostics, but we all know that the prices for these labs will be very high. At the same time, some of them may simply be unnecessary. But the real humdinger is, since hospitals run tests on you before you're technically admitted, that is, you're considered outpatient, you're probably not covered by insurance on this one. Biopsies are another one of those tricky areas. I can personally attest to this. My wife, who needed some parts of her skin looked at to determine if they were cancerous, called multiple places that gave her the runaround in response to her simple question, how much will it cost? One person directed her to another company. Another company said they couldn't give out that information. After calling around seven places, frustrated and in tears, she gave up. I guess we'll never know if she has skin cancer. Well, there's a feeling in this world that causes unrest. Your ambition and success is what I detest. I try to be true. I'm trying my best. I'm not seduced by your cheap love. Hatred's a mess. Whoa. You made me die. Whoa. Hospitals and special surgery centers really take advantage of this too. As an American sickness illustrates, a piece of skin might be cut off at the hospital, and then it might be shipped to a few different places, probably a cheap lab, but it doesn't matter because the hospital will still charge significantly more than how cheap the lab actually was. Even more, if something is determined to be cancerous, hospitals might then re-review the lab and charge the patient the high hospital cost for their own pathology test on top of whatever the cost was for the original lab. As Rosenthal summarizes, that leaves the patient with two bills from different pathologists for one snip of an organ. Maybe you've taken a taxi or an Uber before. The costs are given to you up front on a phone app. You get a time and price estimate for arrival, travel, and drop-off. But ambulances don't work this way at all. As a matter of fact, what most people come to realize is that insurance doesn't typically tend to cover this service. If I asked you, how much does an ambulance ride cost? The answer is, like almost everything else in healthcare, there's simply no way to know. And this doesn't even begin to describe the separate charges that may come from every piece of equipment and special person inside the ambulance. Imagine grabbing an Uber, only to later receive bills for using the seat belt, air conditioner, rolling down the window, the driver putting your luggage into the trunk, and the amount of gas used. The more ambulances moved away from their original charitable mission of rescuing lives and began partnering or getting owned by hospitals, 
the more unleashed ambulance bills became, charging for seemingly everything and increasing prices. Rosenthal shows us some research in Los Angeles, for example. She said receipts for ambulance services rose from about $33 million in the year 2000 to $49 million in 2005 to an estimated $79 million in 2015, and only about $4 million of that from Medicare. That's an increase in $46 million in 15 years. That's a booming business. The billing services for some of these ambulance services even brag about their ability to rip people off and take advantage of the disadvantaged. As pointed out in the book and on the billing services website, Enhanced Management Services says they are, quote, a leading ambulance billing company dedicated to maximize our emergency medical service clients' income through proven EMS billing processes, technology solutions, and knowledgeable support teams. Does that sound weird to you at all? Imagine a resume saying, my past work experience is in medical billing, but I didn't just bill, I billed hard. <laughs> but more than that, they ensured an absolute blow to an already hard-pressed family that cannot afford such charges. So these are just a few ways support services to hospitals and healthcare centers spread out and mark up their costs. We all know big-time health services are ripping us off, taking our money, but we hope to show just exactly how those strategies are taking place. If you found yourself interested in this podcast, please spread the word and give us a rating on iTunes. Lastly, subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on all of our episodes. 